I'm George Flynn, and whether you're watching this as a video, you're reading about this in a book, or you're listening to this on an audio podcast, <clears throat> this is about what can help you. What can help you in your everyday life? It's hacks, you know, it's shortcuts. It's to get you from where you are to where you want to go in the most efficient, the most rapid manner to take care of you as far as your health, your exercise, your diet, and your economy, your money, your job, your starting your own business, how to invest your money, and it's about your relationships, your family, your children, your parents, your brothers and sisters. That's what this is about. And this probably, this chapter, this video, is probably the hardest one I have to write and to get across to you. Because to me it seems like it's bragging, but it's not. What I'm trying to do is tell you my training, my experiences, what I've done, what I know, so that you can relate to it. I'm just trying to give you a life history so that you can understand I've been where you are. I've been exactly where you are, probably. So let's see. I started out as a kid, and I was very curious. I remember, and I've been told about this, and I sort of remember it, when I was about four or five, my father brought home a brand new clock. And I was curious, kid, I said, oh, here, those hands are moving. So I took the clock apart. And it was, a, you know, one of these clocks that goes on the mantle. And I remember it kind of looked like that, and it had this big round thing in the middle. I took it all apart. And my father came in, and I, I guess he just was exasperated. He said, I guess we ought to throw it away. There's nothing we can do. And so he and my mother went out somewhere to, into the kitchen to cook or get dinner ready. And so I put the clock back together. And I said, here it is. It works. And to his amazement, the clock did work. So that sort of started up with my mechanical interest. Now, I may have had a few screws left over, but the clock still worked. And then about age 9 or 10, I was reading, and we used to have this magazine called Popular Mechanics and Mechanics Illustrated, and I would read the ads in the back of the magazine. I guess they're a lot like ads you'll see on the internet now. But these were ads, and they had all kind of ads about the Charles Atlas thing. They kick sand in your face, and then you become, you have the seven-day Charles Atlas thing, and you become a he-man. But this one caught my attention. It was the Success Motivation Institute. At about eight or nine or ten, I, I was interested in that, and I wanted to know what it was, what they were talking about. It, a guy I know, he's passed on now, he became a friend of mine, Paul Meyer. He had this thing, and it was, I think it was in Texas. And so I sent in a little uh, thing I was curious about, the Success Motivation Institute. 
And he called one night uh, and he got my father and my name was George Flynn. My father was George Flynn Sr. I'm Junior. And he said, you sent in this thing about, and my father didn't know anything about it. And he said, oh, that was my son. And then Paul Meyer said, well, have him call me uh, when he's about 10 years older. And that was my beginning of my interest. I also had the old, and I know some of you remember them, the 78 records. 78. And then later became the, became the 33 RPM records of Earl Nightingale, The Strangest Secret. And The Strangest Secret was one of these talks. and that, That's where I became interested in the human potential movement or self-improvement, some people call it, or bringing out your own self or your changing your mindset. I became interested in that. And then my electronics kind of got me for a while and I went to Central High and I took the courses in radio and built radios and became a ham operator at age 10, one of these ham radio guys. And I've still got the same license, by the way. And then I decided I wanted to be an electrical engineer. I was so interested in this. I wanted to be an electrical engineer. So I went to, became a, an electrical engineer. And then all of a sudden it hit me. I really want to help people. That's what I really am about doing. And so I said, I want to become a radiologist. In my senior year in electrical engineering school, I did a, a paper on radiation coming out of television tubes and did a bunch of measurements and wrote a paper on it. And I became interested in, and I said, I want to be a radiologist. And they said, well, you have to go to medical school. I said, oh, I didn't realize you had to do that. So I went to medical school and then did an internship at Barnes Hospital in St. Louis. I know some of you have maybe been to St. Louis and I spent a year there and then did my radiology residency and then I uh, got, was on the, what's called the Berry Plan, where it was the Vietnam War era, and we were assured of going into the service, but I got assigned to go to the Public Health Service and did some research for great years at the National Institutes of Health in Bethesda, Maryland. I did research on radiology and ultrasound and, and doing all kind of intricate procedures. And I became very academically oriented, wrote some papers and, you know, wrote some book chapters. It was very stimulating. Then I became, went to private practice, started doing radiology and doing ultrasound primarily and then mammography. But on the, you know, along the side, I developed this love for flying. Learned how to fly, became a flight instructor. And by the way, back at NIH, I loved sailboating. So I learned how to do sailing. It didn't tip the boat over once, not even once. But I was very interested in, in all of this. And as a radiologist, I decided, okay, I still love radio. I still love t uh, television, still love radiology. And so I built my first radio station in Arlington, Tennessee an AM station, AM 1210, it's still going. And 
build one and then I bought one and then I built some more and built some TV stations. And I learned about business. I learned about the cost of building, the cost and getting uh, all kind of approvals like the FCC and the FAA to build a tower. And it was a real education as to how to go into business. And so I learned that. So here I am, a physician, and I'm also doing business. And one day I was, you know, in the, I was actually in labor and delivery doing a procedure. And the TV was on, and I, I looked up there, and there was Joan Rivers. And it was Find Jonah Honey. And it was this national TV show, and she, her husband had passed away about a year or two before. And so it was, they were playing the dating game. And so I said, I'll enter that. So I entered it and got on there and lo and behold, won it. So I've been on national TV and Joan Rivers and I were friends until she passed away. And uh, she knew it was a promotional idea. I knew it was a promotional idea and we just developed this friendship. But I still, you know, even though I've done all of these things, I still wanted to help and inspire people. I love practicing medicine. I love radio, you know, my electronics. You know, I love radio, love television. And so I wanted to inspire people. So I went to a course. It was called the Successful Life Course. And Ed Foreman, he's the only person in the last century to have been elected to Congress from two different states. And Ed Foreman had this wonderful course, and I took it, and I liked it so much, I took it again, and I liked it so much, it was like a four-day course. Liked it so much, I took it again and again, and I finally took it about eight times. And I got to the point, I could recite the course as he was doing it. And I still can recite parts of it. And then I looked at this guy, a salesman named Cabot Robert. And he was an older guy, and he could get down on the floor on his knees and get up back up trying to sell people things, and he would get down on one knee and really put his pitch out there, and he was good. I studied Cabot Robert. I studied Tony Robbins and met him and didn't do the firewalk, but I was, I was just not ready to walk on hot coals. Then I met and studied Brian Tracy, and then... There was a guy that developed, there was this movement out there called Neuro Linguistic Programming, NLP for short. And so I decided I wanted to study this. It was a way to communicate with people. So I went to the person that developed it, Richard Bandler. And I went to his course and became a trainer, a trainer's training and understood NLP and Richard and I remain friends to this day. And then you say, well, haven't you had enough training? No, I went ahead and went to a course, a guy named Joel Bauer. And he is a fabulous salesperson, is a fabulous communicator. And so I took Joel Bauer's course three times. You know, I get into these courses and took Richard Bandler's course three times. And then there was this young guy called Michael Burnoff that has a course also on human communication. So I took his course three times. And I've had all this training. And I've had all of these experiences. And I've done a lot of things. Like flying.
like boating, like radio, ham radio, like, you know, building a TV set, like building a radio, like building a transmitter. Now, I've got to tell you, when I was about 14, I built this radio transmitter. And I didn't realize it was illegal. <laughs> and I put it on the air, and I just found a dead place on the AM dial, put it on the air. Then I would get my mother to drive me around the city and find out how far it transmitted. And it was on the AM band, so we just turned it on the radio and go till it faded out. And I was getting out about, you know, 20 miles. And that was my first experience into radio. I did that for about a month, and then, you know, I, I sort of, you know, wasn't making any money. I wasn't selling advertising, but it was just sort of a, quotes pirate radio station. Now, if the FCC is watching this or reading this, I didn't know any better, and I was like 14 years old, so that's a long time ago. Statue of limitations surely has run by now. It, I was trying to communicate. That's what I realized all of this was about. Communicating. Communicating with you. Communicating the experiences so that you don't have to go through and make all the mistakes I make. You can make your own mistakes. I'll tell you where the pitfalls are. I will get you to it. This is about life hacks. Hacks into getting to where you want to go from where you are now. And you can see, I've had to go through a lot of them. And I want you to be able to experience life and go, if I'm at this level, I want you to go to the next level. I want, every, I want my kids and grandkids, I know I don't look old enough, but I do have grandkids. And I want you to have your kids, your grandkids, yourself, have these experiences vicariously so that you can understand, I don't have to make that mistake. I can sail right through because someone has shown me where all the landmines are. That's what this chapter is about. It was the hardest one to write. It was the hardest one to do on video because I was letting you see everything I've done to get to this point. I'm George Flynn. I really appreciate you're reading this, you're seeing it on video, you're listening to it on a podcast, and I'll look forward to more life hacks for you done right now. Thank you.